invited to be seated. Is this on? Is it on? Good, because I need you to hear me. I just want to tell you something. I'll tell you a bunch of things, but I'm going to start with this. On June 29th, 2008, Reverend Joe Baumgarten, then pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Fairbanks, Alaska, came down and preached at my installation at Zion Lutheran in Anchorage, Alaska. From then on, he would be known as the Northern Kingdom, and I was the Southern. <laughs> and rather than pulling any punches, he laid it out setting an impossibly high bar for homiletical standards at Zion Lutheran in Anchorage, Alaska. Plain and simple, a God-fearing pastor proclaiming a God-fearing message. It is my joy today to reciprocate. So to you I say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. The sermon for this installation is according to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. A road map for Grace Lutheran Church, Eugene, Oregon. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert. Or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Into this letter to Timothy, a seminary in a St. Paul seminary. <laughs> We see St. Paul laying it out. There are some personal qualities that a called and ordained servant of the Lord must possess. Pastoral ministry begins even with the sacred act of the laying of hands. The personal qualities are things that have been cultivated in the man for years. Once the ordination occurs, the installation then this life known as being a pastor is lived and lived under a microscope. People are always checking to make sure their guy is living up to these impossibly high standards. And what is the reward for the ordained life, as I call it? Well, St. James chapter 3 says, that the reward for such a life is to be judged with a stricter judgment. Whew, that was easy. <laughs> the wisdom of God through his servant St. Paul seems to have sewn it up pretty well, don't you agree? 
I serve only as an eyewitness to the veracity of these claims. We've known each other since the first year of seminary. And we both served the Lord in Alaska for many years. And both of us lived to tell the tale. <laughs> so at last, we can finally get to that potluck. <laughs> now, I'm sorry, we can't. Hey, you sit down. <laughs> They're like, nice. Now, we all live in the real world, at least most of the time. God does not simply call these men into your midst for some moral example with a hint of possible virtue signaling. Rather, he calls men such as Pastor Baumgarten to serve you in the name of Christ, our risen Savior. Above the personal qualifications, there is the work of the ministry. Yes, indeed. God isn't quite finished with his call to him or to you. 2 Timothy 4 begins, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. You see, the ministry of word and sacrament in this place is the exact same as it was when Christ instituted the church. Ever since the first Christian congregations were gathered, God has been there in the sending of properly qualified men for the ministry. Pastor Baumgarten, preach the word! Properly distinguish law and gospel! Do it in and out of season, now that you have a place with seasons. <laughs> Not just when, it's when they like, but especially when the sword of the Lord must cut the deepest. The old Adam, as the scriptures have come to teach us, hates correction. Since the garden the old Adam has always been right. He never makes mistakes. Remember what Adam said when he was confronted with sin? That woman you gave me, she's the problem. She gave me the fruit and I ate. This is not my fault. Yep, that old Adam needs all the reproving and correction he can get. As Martin Luther once wrote in his small catechism, the old Adam must be drowned daily. daily thank you. <laughs> and Martin Luther would later quip, he does this because the old Adam is a good swimmer. <laughs> so he's always going, are you sure about that? We could, we could do the other thing. The reason for this act, though, of violence against the old Adam is because he truly needs to die, leaving more room for the good stuff. In word and sacrament, the people of this congregation 
need all the things promised to them. Wash them. Feed them. Care for them. Pray for them. Give them life and hope which springs eternal. Always be quick with the life-saving means of grace. Bring the dead to life. Make this a place of the living and not the dead. Why? Well, if you don't mind, Pastor Baumgarten, I need a minute with your congregation. So if you have any reading material, you can pick up the brochure and pretend waiting your turn at the barber. Because St. Paul continues, saints of this congregation, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and pander off into myths. As for you, Always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Now, of course, you're probably thinking, what? This Bible section is always thought to be just for the ears of a pastor. What are you doing? Who let this guy have the mic? The ears of a pastor are supposed to hear this. You know, the guy who patrols the fence. The guy who stands guard at the gate. The guy who speaks up and speaks out in and out of season. That guy you are excited about right now, but you may not become excited when that guy starts telling you things you kind of resent. Like, hey, missing church isn't okay. When he says, hey, that communion is reserved for those who have been properly prepared to receive it. Hey, it's not okay for your boyfriend and girlfriend to live together. That is his call from Jesus. And it's greater, he will say, than any number of tips and tricks and questionable theological gymnastics people often use not to increase the population and the proclamation of Jesus, but rather to increase the number of tushies in the cushies. You know what I mean. It's the only rhyme I had. But do you know what I'm saying to you? Do you hear me? Sorry, at Coos Bay, they always go, yeah. Sure. I don't think they're lying. Pastor Baumgarten is that guy. He is not the guy that you call when you have itching ears that want to hear whatever's coming. He's that guy that has read the scriptures a lot. He's that guy that knows who we are as Lutherans in the face of a world that hates us for being who we are. He's that guy. He is not very scratchy to itchy. He knows better than many pastors I have met what it means to be faithful in the eyes and in the sight of unfaithfulness. The thing is, 
The thing about it is no pastor is called to serve a congregation consisting of just himself. That's why I read you that thing. So I read you that thing that normally we just huck it at pastors at installations and then have them go, okay. Because I want you to be on guard for that. To watch out for what is dangerous for your souls. I know he'll be. His call is to keep you clear of these horrible evils that St. Paul warns about and comes with the responsibility of the people of God, i.e. you, in this place, directed by the Holy Spirit, given faith to each of you in baptism. Sound teaching is no problem for this guy. Trust me, don't challenge him. (laughs) Go to church. It's easier than fighting with him. (laughs) Go to his Bible studies. They're really good anyway. Even if they weren't, you'll learn a lot. What I'm saying is be the church in this place because that world out there doesn't care about what's going on right now. That world out there doesn't care that the sword of the Lord exists in this place. But God help them if they come to destroy it. As Christians, we are peaceful. But as Christian soldiers, we know we are the church militant. And this is the guy you want on your side. The ministry begun here today is the ministry of life-changing, universe-changing importance. It is a wonderful, terrible, comforting, frightening, living, dying, happy, sad, empowering, humbling ministry for those who are described as both justified and sinners. Throughout all of it, you have the promise of Christ who says, Verily I am with you till the end of the age. God bless you guys. And God bless you, Pastor Baumgarten, in this miraculous task. So that by the grace of God we are Very excited to say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Please rise. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and your minds in the one true faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.